Hey everyone, and welcome back to Oh That Girl Reads. I am that girl, your host, Bria, and today I have a wonderful guest, Miss Evelyn Sola. Welcome to the pod, Evelyn. Hello, thank you. <laughs> it's so I'm so excited to have you on. I have like so many questions about like your new release. Um, but first I would love for you to introduce yourself to like the audience. Okay. Well, I am Evelyn Sola. I write contemporary romance um most of my books all of well all of my books except one have a feature interracial couples always a black woman a white man um they tend to be you know on on the rom-com side more so than the dark side um there's you know, lots of characters there's side characters there's just a lot going on um in my books so yeah. they tend to be longer <laughs> <laughs> yeah how long have you been writing for you have like a really impressive like list of books I think I saw three series and five standalones yeah that sounds about right I released my first book in March of 2020 wow. right before I think it was March 2nd was the release date and then like a week and a half later the whole world shut down um you know everything went to hell yeah so um and when I released that book, I had the two others in the series written already or almost done. Um, and honestly, like when I when I released that first book, I was like, okay, I probably won't even release these. I didn't expect anything. It's like, all right, I'll just self-publish and I'll see what happens. And, um, you know, the first book, surprisingly, like kind of took off. I won't say it really took off. It kind of took off. How did you do your like advertising for that first book? Because you're like independently published. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really, I didn't really, I didn't have any ads. I didn't do any paid ads. Um, what I did was I went on Facebook and I found the groups about, you know, either interracial romance or BWWM. Um, there's this other author, Twyla. Do you know um, Twyla? No, I'm not familiar. Well, you know, she also writes interracial romance. And I had I had followed her on Facebook and I just slipped in her DMs one day. I'm like, well, where do you go? Where do you advertise your books? And then she just gave me some Facebook groups and she gave me one BWSL, which is um, Black Women Swirl. And um, I, I joined that group and they let me post my book in there. And I think a lot of the you know, I think that that's when the traction started. Okay. Twilight yeah. Turner. That's her name. Twilight <laughs> Turner. Okay. I'll check have to her check out. her out. And so which was like, what um, series was your first one? That was the Clark series. And that's Crave was book one. And then Cherish. Cherish is a black romance. And then Crash. That's okay. Book three. So I have three books in that, in that series. Okay. And then so in my research of you, because I always got to do the research, right? I heard that you started off writing through fan fiction. I did. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm kind of like, it's like my shameful secret. No. Because I tell people like, and that was just by accident. You know, I, I tell everyone I never aspired to be a writer. I, you know, like I never as a little girl, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to write the great American novel or I'm going to write never, ever, ever. I was a reader though, 
I loved to read. I, I still do. And romance is where, you know, my love for reading as a young adult really, you know, took off. Um, I read, I spent years reading historical romance and then, you know, I jumped into contemporary and I stayed there for a while. And then I was like, I, I had stopped reading romance for a while and just started reading other genres, but I, you know, you always come back home. Right. Um, and you know, like I started writing 50 shades of gray fan fiction. That's how it started. That's, that's my shame. And how that happened was I had read the books back in 2012. Um, I had never funny. I had never even heard of them. And then my husband's like, Oh, have you heard of these books here? And he got one for me on his, um, I don't even think it was a Kindle back then. It was something else. Yeah. And, you know, I read them. I was like, okay, whatever, you know. And then the movie came out. And then I went to see the movie with a girlfriend. And then I went back and I read the books again. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, and then I was like, you know, I, for some reason I wanted, I enjoyed it the more the second time around than the first time. Yeah. And then I found fan fiction and I found this fan fiction where the book was written, she rewrote all the books, but in his point of view, and I, and I enjoyed it so much, like so much. And then I just kept reading them and reading them. I didn't even, like before, I didn't even know fan fiction was a thing. I just found it by accident. And I made a whole bunch of friends in that world because there were yeah. Facebook groups. I mean, friends that I still hang out with today. Um, and then one of them was like, well, why don't you write your own? And and someone was doing this challenge. They had challenges. So I'm like, mm -hmm. okay. So I wrote a first chapter and people liked it. So I wrote like a complete, um, what would be a complete book. Yeah. And then I wrote another one, another one. And then um, my husband was like, well, why don't you just write your own book? I'm like, I'm not a writer. You know, I, I could do this because these characters are already established. Right. So yeah, but you're writing your own story about these characters. You could just establish your own characters. Why don't you some way? Um, so he got me a couple of books on writing. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And then um, Crave was was born. I'm like, all right, I can I'm gonna write a black black heroine, um, obviously. <laughs> and <laughs> I made her a Haitian heroine because that's my background. I'm like, okay, I could write Haitian people all day, you know both arms tied behind my back and then the interracial thing was completely again I'm like well, what can I do to make it I'm like all right I'll make him I'll make him a white boy you know yeah um and, <laughs> and that's what I did so that's amazing it's so funny you're like it's my fan fiction is my shame but like <laughs> I so I am a real true Twilight fan, right? Yeah, and I read that too. I didn't write Twilight yes, fan fiction though, but <laughs> I wrote Twilight fan fiction and it's so funny because I was on fan fiction when I was like 12, 13, and I actually read Fifty Shades of Grey when it was a Twilight fan fiction. It was oh, called okay. Masters you of the what? Universe. Yeah, I went back and I read, you know, I think somebody posted like a few chapters of it. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's so crazy. I love asking people like if they ever like wrote fan fiction like as authors too, because a lot of authors come out of fan fiction. Yeah, and it's like no, there's true. some amazing people. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be ashamed of it. No, I, I mean it's, it's nothing great. to be ashamed of. It's nothing <laughs> like seriously, it's nothing to be ashamed of. It, it, it's just a different 
for yeah. me because a lot of those authors also wanted to be a write wanted to write and then they wrote fan fiction and then that was just like you know their stepping stone but like I just I just wanted to read. Yeah. I love how supportive like your friends and your husband were and like the whole process of like you starting to write. Like, what did that look like in the beginning for you? You know, I said I was just going to write a little each day because one of the books that I have on writing is Stephen King's book on writing. Like I'm a huge fan of his, of his writing and of his characters and stuff. And he says, you know, write 2000 words a day. That's what he does. But I honestly, he must write more because he, his books are like so big. Like thick, yeah. And, and he's like 2,000 words a day. It's like six pages. That's doable. Mm-hmm. Um, do that. And that's what I try to do. Even now, I try to write, you know, 2,000 words a day. And um, I don't worry if it's perfect. You know, I just keep going. And another thing that I read on the books on writing is that if you're writing and then, you know, as you you want to change something, just, just keep going. And then when you, when you're done, you can edit and just start over from the beginning. Like don't go back and, and edit, just keep going with the changes and then you can fix it later. So I try to do, to do that as well. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I would love to like ask your thoughts about, um, interracial romance books, because I know like, um, on TikTok now there's like, this huge discussion about like, you know, which is better, like, you know, just a purely like black romance story. Does interracial romance count as like black romance and things like that? So where do you fall in kind of that conversation about interracial romance? I don't think one is better than the other. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just love a romance, a good romance. Um, If it's a black romance and and it's good, great. If it's interracial, great. I, you know, I do like a black heroine because I can identify with with her. Um, so I don't. So to answer that, I don't think there's one that's better than the other. Um, you know, I, and I always label my books as interracial for that reason. I don't want to mislead anybody in any way. Like I have white guys on my cover, mm-hmm. so I also want to signal that the heroine is um, is a black is a black woman. And I know there's there's this discourse, I mean, is interracial romance a black romance? And people have varying opinions about it. And that's fine, we're all gonna have our um, different opinions. So I, I don't label my books as black romance, I label them as interracial because, you know, that's what they are. Um, but if you're looking for a romance book by a black author, you know, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, that that's why I fall in that, you know, and like I said, people are going to have their opinions um, and their beliefs, and that's okay. We're all different, but I think there are enough readers for everyone, you know, and then there are readers who are like, you know, as long as it's a black heroine, I don't care if it's a black woman getting loved. I don't care who's loving her. I just want her to get love. And then there's another group like, no, I want her to be with a, a, a black hero. That's totally valid. You know, mm-hmm. which is why I always I always make sure, you know, I don't want to mislead anybody. I always make sure that, you know, this hero is white. The heroine is black. So if you're if you're OK with that, give it a try. If not, you know, there are so many wonderful, wonderful authors who write black romance. Mm-hmm. 
I definitely agree with that. I think I think everything has its place, like within the romance genre. I mean, the romance genre is so vast, right? right like, I yeah. mean, you have like your contemporary, you have like your dark romance, you have like your monster romance, you, you have, have fantasy, you know, you know fantasy, your white shoes. Like, there's something for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, the only thing I don't like is all like the 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 infighting amongst us authors. I mean we can respect what each other writes. Mm-hmm. Um, we could even collaborate. We could even promote together. You know, there are just so many readers um, out there. I just wish that we would be less divisive mm-hmm. and more inclusive of each other. Yeah. How are you, how are you like navigating the author space like nowadays? Cause I know you started off, um, kind of like socially on Facebook and then like now there's TikTok and TikTok's like a huge thing. Like yeah. how is like the community there? Like, is there like a difference between the two platforms? Have you noticed? Yeah. I mean, I think TikTok like is a bigger platform, I think for authors. Wow. I mean, Facebook, you know, you go in the different groups you post, but I think, um, and it's the, you know, if you're, if the people are in the group, they see it, but I think TikTok gives you such um a bigger opportunity, more of an opportunity to reach people who don't know you. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think like with anything, like within the author community, like you find your tribe. Like I have a very, very good set of author friends that we talk, you know, we bounce idea stories uh, and that's great. You know, I, I would advise like anyone, whatever you write, like find your group of friends that, mm-hmm. you know, that you can talk to and collaborate with and you could do TikTok lives together. And that's, that's very important. Yeah. That community part of it for sure. The girlies love you on TikTok. I was like oh. looking, <laughs> looking you up. The girls love you on TikTok. Um, one of my I favorite TikTok. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite TikToks that I saw, like what someone was like, yeah, they, it was talking about like a scene in one of your books. It's like when they go from like fighting to having sex on a counter or something like that. Oh, yeah, I, saw that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I love my, it. That's, that's, that's takeover. It's an enemies to lovers book. Yes. Yeah. What are your favorite like tropes to write about? Well, my favorite trope to, to read and I guess to write about, I love, love, love enemies to lovers. Even when I was like a young girl, 12, 13, 14, and I didn't even know the name of the trope was enemies to lovers. That's what I would look for in the blurb. I would read the blurbs just to see <laughs> if, you know, they would have a hint of that. I just, I just think like all the fighting is just foreplay. You yeah. Know, it's just this attraction. Um, I love that. And I love writing it because, you know, and one thing I always say is that, my characters, they're going to match energy. So mm-hmm. if, if he comes out of the gate and he's a jerk, she's going to be a jerk and vice versa. Because sometimes yeah. the women are jerks too. Um, then he's going to match her energy, especially in enemies to lovers. And then, you know, you could have the banter and the fights. And I mean, which is all, like I said, foreplay. <laughs> yeah, the tension. The tension is so good. And like, I feel like when it's done right, it's like chef's kiss. It's the yeah. best thing ever. Oh, my gosh. And so I was like really curious because um, you were so kind to send me Almost Paradise. Oh. Um, and so I got about like 40% through it. And I have 
I kind of wonder, like, when you're writing about um, interracial relationships, right, um, how do you kind of balance the, I guess, the reality of being in an interracial relationship as well as, like, kind of the joys and the happiness of being – not saying that the joys and happiness aren't a reality, but how do you balance, like, the harsh realities, like, with the fluffiness of romance as well? Well, you know, like I always start about like even with my first with my first book, Crave, I said, you know, it's gonna be an interracial romance. She's gonna be black, he's gonna be white, but the story is not going to be about race. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course there will be aspects of that that you will address because that's reality. Right. But the love, you know, and and some of the things that they go through to be together, you could insert any anybody it could be a black romance, it could be a white romance, it could be, you know anything um but i know in almost paradise that's a little bit different because the reason that they broke up you know yeah uh, which is not his fault not her fault but it has to do with her race yeah um so that was a delicate balance because i didn't want to you know just have it be in your face just like hit you over the head with it over and over and over again which is why the person who did it was dead (laughs) (laughs) you know um but i mean sometimes it can be for me it can be a delicate balance because there are some things that you have to address because if you don't that's not realistic Mm -hmm. but then i don't want it to take over the book because at the end of the day it's a love story and I want to write about their love. And I want you to see, like, even though this is a second chance romance, you know, with the flashbacks, I want you to see that they were in love. Not just me telling you, but mm-hmm. I want you to see that they were in love and they did have something special. And then I want to rekindle that, you know, because it's it's four years later. And I, and I don't want to, you know, have so much of, the heaviness of it I you know I want I wanted to keep it light so I don't know like I and you never know like as a writer you know you have it in your head how you want to do it but you never know if you can pull it off or if you have pulled it off yeah you can can only hope yeah but Nia and Drake's story like you know and and I don't know if it was foolish of them but they never even talked about it like when they were together like Mm -hmm. the you know the the race thing her issue was like god he's the heir to this company that I work for. That was her issue. It was nothing about that in him. I don't even think he, he didn't care. You know, right. he was just, he was just into her and it was out, an outside force that um, drove them apart. Yeah. That's so funny. Cause I was um, thinking, cause I think, um, cause it was just released right on October 6th. Yeah. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So I was like kind of trying to dig around and see like what everyone else was thinking and I was kind of surprised to see um a few more people more like on Drake's side versus like Nia's honestly like that surprised me too because I'm like in my eyes she did nothing wrong like yeah absolutely zero and if anything she went above and beyond Mm -hmm. after dealing with the dad she went above and beyond to try to get in touch with him Mm -hmm. um and yeah, when he came back, the way he approached her, I, she was a lot nicer than I would have been. 
Yeah, I was like, um, you're dealing with a lot from this man. Um, And I do not like this man. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm like, oh, God, nobody's going to like him. Um, You know, but I'm like, wait, people are mad at her? Like, why are they mad at her? (laughs) Yeah. I was I was surprised. She She didn't like, okay, I said, yes, she was mad. She told him off. You know, she slapped him. But how did that affect his, his life at all? Or change yeah. anything about his life. It didn't. Yeah. But everything he did, though, or everything he threatened to do and what he eventually did, did change the trajectory of her life. And I'm yeah. like, well, why are people mad at her? <laughs> I, I know. I was kind of like... <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I was, I was wondering, like, is that... I don't know. Because I, when I was reading it, I was like, how is this woman... I mean, I guess in a way it's like with the power dynamic. And I think that's like something that really stuck with me because like not only is like he like a white man. So societal, like in society, he has a certain level of like privilege and power that she doesn't as like a black woman. But then on top of that, he is like a really well off, rich white man who is really... I mean, I hate to use this word, kind of like abusive with his power at the beginning. Like he's very much like throwing it around, throwing around his weight. He came in like a sledgehammer. Yeah, he like came in like ready to just take and take and take. And um, he was just- And not talk. And not listen at all. And then when she did, he didn't believe it. He was like, no. Yeah. So I'm like, I mean, I, I don't know what else she could have done. But then there's also, you know, it's it's a fine line when you're writing a heroine because of that. Yeah. But also, I feel like if I had written her, like if she just fell into his arms and was like, oh, my God, he's back. I just want what we, then I, I think it would have been worse. I would have gotten like it would have been like, well, what the hell? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, she, such a doormat. And, you know, and one thing I'm never going to write is a doormat heroine. Right. You know, I'm, I'm never going to write that because. I've read many of books where I was so frustrated because it's like, could you just stand up for yourself just once? Exactly. You know, and like yeah. now, you know, as I write my heroines, I'm like, you know, they're always gonna, they're always gonna, you know, stand up for themselves. I mean, even though if, if the power dynamic is not on their side, they're still, you know, gonna fight. <laughs> yeah. So how do you feel that like Nia kind of reclaims her power throughout this story? I, you know, like the, the story um, when it came, you know, it was, I wanted it to be a journey of where they both got everything that they had lost, you know? And even though like Drake came in like a sledgehammer, I try to write him in a way where I wish people would have empathy for him as well, um, because he did have a lot going on. You know, when the book starts, he's at his father's funeral. Um, his family was falling apart because of that loss, but he couldn't fall apart because he had a company to run that just, you know, dropped on his shoulders. His brother just gave up, but he couldn't do that. And at the end of the day, he did lose three years of his son's life through no fault of his own, you know? And I mean, I, I wish people saw that he immediately, he loved the kid. Um, 
so I mean, even though, you know, he was a jerk, he, he had a lot of loss as well. Um, and I wanted it to be them finding their way back, like eventually willing to listen and believe the other. And I wanted them to have everything. Well, they couldn't get the time back, but everything else that they lost, like being together, um, the trip that they had planned, you know, just a life. I wanted them to have all of that back. That was their journey. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, and part of that for Nia, once she accepted that he was a victim too, and she was willing to forgive him, was that she would be by his side, you know, as, as the wife and accepting the reality and the responsibility that comes with being like the wife, because he's like in charge now. And with that, you know, there are things that she has to do to support him. And I wanted her to be fully, fully on board with that. Yeah. Because it's her time. (laughs) Yeah, right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like the girlies are loving it on TikTok so far. <laughs> hey, and... you know, and whether you like, and I always say whether you like the characters and you or you don't, I can't control that. I have my opinion. You know, you have your opinion and it, it could vary. But as long as you're not bored by them, then I've done my Yeah, thing. no, they stressed me out. <laughs> <laughs> I know people say that and I'm like, oh my God, really? Like, now there's... I go back and I and I'm rereading. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I can see it. But you know, as you're writing it and you're so close, you don't see it. Yeah. I'm like, oh okay, yeah, I can see why. <laughs> I was like, they're giving me heart palpitations. I was like, I want to beat. I was like, I hope this lady stabs him. As all... <laughs> I'm like, you need to stab him. In what universe is? And I felt like she was being so gracious despite everything i felt like she was being so gracious and so I mean, she literally said to him you can come see him here whenever you want yeah. I mean, that's a line in the book yeah and you know and people are like well she wasn't letting him parent what okay first of all this man knew him for like two weeks and and he's like <laughs> and and all she said was he's not ready for that and mm-hmm. i think that's valid because you know why she knows the kid a heck of a lot more than him yeah and she didn't say no, never. She said he is not ready for that yet. Mm-hmm. And also in her mind, and I don't think this is selfish. She's like, I don't want to go yeah. with you to when you introduce, because that's what would happen when the time comes, this three-year-old will be like, uh, why isn't mommy coming? Right. Yeah. And she does everything for him, for the kid. I don't think she would deny the kid that if he asked that mm-hmm. and she didn't want to do that. And I think that is also very valid. Yeah, I just I was like, oh my goodness, like, because I would have been like me. I'm like, get the f out of my house. <laughs> I, literally, I'm get like, you, I'm like, you can take me to court. Go ahead, do <laughs> it. Right. I have, I have text messages. I have a letter. Let's do this. I yes. will make it as public as possible. I'll go public. I'll go into debt. <laughs> I'll take out a shark loan <laughs> if I have to. <laughs> I'm like, my goodness. Oh my gosh. But 
you know, I I'm curious too, because this is like my first book and being introduced into your work. Like how the do others you feel won't stress you out like this? Okay. Cause okay. I was like, I am stressed. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, like I'm like, I'm like crying. <laughs> no, this is the most stressful. The others will not stress you out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And so I'm wondering, because I also um, was listening to another interview that you did and you were talking about like trigger warnings and like, I was kind of, I was getting the sense that it's like your work is like so in the contemporary zone that like some, like with certain contemporaries, it's just not necessary to do like a trigger warning because it's kind of life stuff, right? Unless you're kind of getting like really deep emotional into the life stuff. Um, Usually I feel like contemporary kind of glosses over like it's like off page off screen type of vibe with this one like uh with almost paradise do you feel like that might be something that you change like that you kind of introduce because i feel like there is a little bit more of like that heavier like real life experiences with you know kind of the not so glamorous sides of like the initial co-parenting yeah you know what? I didn't even think about a trigger warning for this book because mm-hmm. like you said, I mean, it's just life. I mean, there, um, there's, I mean, bad things happen, but you know, there's no non-consent or, you know, anything like that. It never, like I, you just, until you mentioned it just now, I never, I never, I never thought of that. Um, but also maybe it's because for me as a reader, I don't need trigger warnings, but that's just me. I'm not saying, People shouldn't have it. I feel like if I pick up a book and I know it's a dark romance, that's my trigger warning. Dark Mm -hmm. things are going to happen, right? Right. Um, If I pick up a horror book, it's my trigger warning. There's going to be some gore or whatever. Um, And I don't want, and for me, it's kind of spoilery, um, you know, but there is a book that I'm planning in the future that I will have to put a trigger warning because, you know, something at the beginning of the book, you know, it's going to happen. I mean, it's not going to be a dark romance or anything, but mm-hmm. um, I mean, some things, you know, if, if I were to write like, say a, a, a child dying or somebody having a miscarriage or something, yeah, I would put a, a trigger warning because that could that might be traumatic for for some readers. But for me as a reader, I don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> Just give it to me. Yeah. It's always interesting like um seeing people's like opinions on trigger warnings because it's like I guess it's another one of those um ranges, you know. Like I it's funny because <laughs> I don't know if you heard of this. It's, it was kind of going around on TikTok where it was like a dark romance author who essentially made a trigger warning page. And they're like, if you've read my work before, you know what's coming type thing. And um, kind of basically used like a trigger warning page to um, kind of disregard people's triggers instead of actually giving the actual triggers. And it was like a really big problem but i i do see um this side a lot talking about like the potential spoilers and like a trigger warning type of thing so like what were what would be the things that you would put a trigger for oh like if there was like a miscarriage like death 
And I mean, and there are some things, you know, never seen ever, but I don't think I would ever write a book where there would be domestic violence involved, you know, um, or non-consent. Um, I guess if I ever, which I don't think I will, I would put a trigger warning mm -hmm. for that. But um, like I said, I don't think I would ever write that. <laughs> so that's not Yeah, it's like certain <laughs> topics that you would just kind of stray from. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I have to. I'll have to check out the fluffier stuff. <laughs> I, I'm. I'm a sensitive Pisces lady. So. <laughs> um. Well, but you yeah. Know what? Check out then. Check out Friend Zoned. It's a standalone, okay. and it's it's like a rom com. You know, he's he's like opposite of Drake. He's the anti Drake. So check that one out. <laughs> Yeah, Drake is too much for you. <laughs> yeah, he has a lot. I was like, you know what? I've 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 read some billionaire assholes, but he is um, he's a special one. <laughs> what have you been like most excited about like your writing career so far? I mean, it's been a couple a few years now. You started in twenty twenty, so yeah, it's mm -hmm. been like a few years now. What's been like most exciting to you? You know, like it, that people actually like what I write. That's like still, you know, um, a shock <laughs> to me that yeah. I can that I can craft this story and that people read it and enjoy it and then ask for more. Like they ask for more of the characters, or they ask for you know some of the side characters to have their own story. So that um, that's still still a shock. Yeah, that's so great. And it looks like you're building a real community around your work as well, which is like, I think it's so exciting to see like authors like do. I don't know. It's so great. And then what are you looking like most forward to in terms of like your writing career? Um, just putting out more, more books, um, more happily ever afters and, you know, crafting characters that people can fall in love with and identify with. Um, and root four and you know some not, not even like <laughs> yeah oh my gosh are you so right now you're like in the indie space and i don't know i love seeing like authors in the indie space i feel like they have like so much control and um they connect more with their audience and things like that but um do you want to be like traditionally published is that like something of a goal of yours or it's like this is where you're at and you love it this and is where like, i'm at and i yeah. love it and i'm i'm not looking for you know if if one were to come to me and you know and i would consider it if it was mm -hmm. good um but i am happy doing this because i can do it on my own time i can release when i want um you know yeah i have to promote but I think some traditionally published people are out there promoting as well um, on their own. So I am I am happy with what I'm doing and where I am. Yeah, that's it. that does seem to be um, a very new thing. I feel like maybe like at least I've noticed like during like 2020 ish around that time is I've noticed a lot more authors doing like traditionally published authors doing like the nitty gritty marketing work. Whereas yeah. like before it wasn't like that at all, which has been a very interesting transition to watch. So. Yeah. That's yeah. true. So, I mean, if I'm going to promote myself 
then I'd rather have all the control and promote myself. Right. Rather do what you want, be able to make the TikToks that you want and not have to like get them approved and everything. Right. Oh my gosh. Well, oh my gosh. Thank you so much for coming on here and talking to me about your book and about like your writing experience and everything. Um, Is there anything you would like to promote now or talk about or share with the audience before we wrap up? Well, um, my latest book, Almost Paradise, is available. It's on Kindle Unlimited. Um, You could also get it in paperback if you prefer a physical book. And it's a second chance secret baby romance um, with lots of drama, (laughs) (laughs) angst and upheaval. Um, And yes, the hero is a bit of a jerk at first. He gets better. He gets better. I promise. Um, So that's available. Um, And, you know, if you read my take series, if you read take over, take down, take off, I am returning to that series. And I I currently have a work in progress there that I'm writing. That's so exciting. Is there any like newsletter or anything that they can join to keep up with you? Um, I do have a newsletter. Oh, geez, I should have um, sent you the link. But um, you can find me also if you're on Facebook. You can you can join my readers group, Evelyn's Entourage. Um, you can join me there. The link to my newsletter is there. Um, also, I'm on TikTok, author Evelyn Sola, S-O-L-A. Um, and there's a link to my website, evelynsola.com. And then you could sign up for my newsletter there as well. Beautiful. Well, thank you again so much for being here with us and offering us all your beautiful insight onto you and your work. Um, And thank you everyone for joining us and watching. Remember to read what you love and DNF the rest. And I will catch you guys next time. All right. Thank you for having me. So long, everyone. Thank you for joining me today. If you would like to see more, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok, Oh That Girl Reads. If you want more bookish content, feel free to check out my booktube channel, Bria L, on YouTube. Remember, read what you love and DNF the rest. Bye!